Well, I'm excited to have the weights with us. Brother Don's going to come and bring the, the message here. Um, but I tell you what, so many of you, um, I, I think in, in part with the Ukraine war and everything that's going on right now, I know a lot of you have been following them closely in Poland. And then, of course, uh, they've been such a blessing to uh, my in-laws, Anya's parents over there in Poland as well. And so uh, just really appreciative of, of the weights and excited to hear uh, what the Lord's laid on his heart. Brother Don, if you'd come. Thank you. Good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. Uh, just a brief update of who we are. It's always a blessing to me to come into a church and see f familiar faces. Please forgive me that I don't always remember the names, but also to see new faces. That's what's been a blessing to me every time we come back to the States and visit our supporting churches. Uh, I'm Don and Leanne Waite. We've been in Slovakia as of May this year, 22 years. Our daughter Vivian is with us this time. Um, she's finished her second year at Bob Jones University. She's studying creative writing and uh, watching where the Lord directs her. She would uh, at this time, and Lord willing, she'll come back to Slovakia. That's, that's, there's a shortage of good literature in Slovakia. And uh, so we'll, we'll see where the Lord leads and Lord willing back to Slovakia to get some good literature into the hands of the young people. Our son David uh, graduated in May, the first part of May, at Maranatha Baptist University, and I'll be talking just a little bit more about him as the uh, day goes on. Uh, he's preparing to come back to Slovakia as well. So if we could get the slide presentation ready. Is it ready here? Okay, so Slovakia, you've heard about us in the past several years, and I just want to say thank you because you have been supporting Leanne's parents, the Muirs, back when they started in missions back in around 1970, and then uh, supporting Leanne before she and I even met as she was in Brazil and then was preparing to go to Central African Republic, and then... Um, after we've been were married, continued to support us, and we've been in, as I mentioned, Slovakia 22 years now. So thank you for your faithfulness and your prayers and support. Slovakia is a beautiful country. Luthies have been there. This is their second time. Each time they've been there in this warm weather, so they're missing the snow. Uh, just the type of food that Luthies are eating right now: be halushki, uh, kenedli. Palasinkis or the crepes. Slovak food is very good, so you can come join us sometime. The traditional dress of the people on the certain occasions around town festivals and so forth, you'll see the traditional dress of the um, Slovak people. Our town, Kezmarok, uh, the large church in the center is the Lutheran church. Really, the Catholic church would be the largest church in our area. Catholic takes up about 80% of the population, and we have a lot of practicing Catholic in uh, Slovakia. A Lutheran church would be the second largest, and if you would look to the right of this picture, into the trees would be our church building. This is just a town, uh, looking down the town street with the cobblestone streets, uh, colorful buildings on either side of the street. 
But this is our church building, uh, Baptist Church down in the edge of town. This is BC, before construction. And you've been paying attention to the bridge work in front of the house. Uh, the bridge, or the road is right now up against that wall. And this is AD, after the de destruction. So, but inside the church on Sunday mornings, we still meet and we have a faithful group of people. We average 25 or so people on, on a Sunday morning. But it's been a blessing to see what God has been doing over the years. And once again, as the day continues, I will share a little bit with you about certain individuals. Uh, we've had several things that have been a blessing to us, uh, a, a help to us. One of them, uh, Leanne teaches English. Uh, she's been doing this for 10 years or more. And uh, on Thanksgiving Day, we like to invite our young people or the English students into our church to experience an American holiday. Thanksgiving is an American holiday and they come in and it's been a blessing to have them come because coming into our church, they look around and they see that our church is unique compared to what they're used to seeing. We don't have the statutes, uh, the pictures and uh, the altars of the uh, Catholic and Lutheran churches and they start asking questions, why and what do we believe and what do we teach? And so it, ha it has opened doors for us. David Repetney, David and Sylvia, they truly are servants. Uh, they have a great servant's heart. They're very concerned about the people of our church, very concerned about uh, the, the, the teens especially. Uh, David is the deacon of our church. Um, he's going through some medical problems at the present time, um, probably looking at down the road a, a liver transplant, but uh, God has been good. He has... Um, he has responded well to the treatment. Also, he's maintained a very good testimony at the hospitals, uh, have an opportunity to share Christ with, with doctors and nurses alike. Uh, Lukash and uh, Valerie, Lukash grew up in the church. He's the one of the five couples that we'll, uh, we'll be talking about. Um, he grew up there. Uh, we had a few years in his teen years where we wondered what direction he would go, but he's been faithful to God, and as we were leaving, Valerie is his wife. They got married just a few months ago, or less than a year ago. But uh, we've turned over the Awanas, the children's ministries, over to Lukash and Valerie, and we're really thankful for this move. And we told them when we get back, we're not taking it back. And we, Lord willing, they will continue with the children's ministry. Uh, Christian and uh, Anya are the other couple that got married last year. Uh, Christian is, um, has his degree in translating, and he does a lot of written work for me, a lot of writing, uh, translation and writing for me, and he's really good at that. I'm thankful for Christian and Anna. Uh, Petrovskis uh, are another couple that have joined us within the last three years. They have several children, and then just the, the fellowship that we have with the young couples and the people of our church. Many of these young people are first generation believers. And this is important. Uh, during COVID, we had to follow certain restrictions, but the people were hungry for fellowship with believers. Many of them, their, their, their families do not understand the, the commitment that they've made to Christ and their faithfulness to the church. And so they really desire the fellowship of other believers. We also have Bible studies down in Sliach, about two hours from us. Uh, the young man standing is Martin. He's 16 years old. He's made some very uh, good decisions in his young life to serve God. And he's uh, 
one of his classmates in recent conversation was talking to Lukash and saying, are you going to join the military like your, uh, uh, Martin, he said, are you going to join the military like your brother Lukash? And Martin says, well, really, I want to do what God wants me to do. And I'm not sure what that is yet. So keep praying for Martin, that God will just use him in a mighty way. The oldest member of our church, uh, Mrs. Duchakova, 80, about 89 years old now. She's not able to come to church, but it's a blessing to have her testimony. The ladies have uh, tea on Tuesdays, and uh, it's a good time for Leanne to be with the young ladies. Uh, the girl on the right in this picture is Anna. Anna is from Cleveland, Ohio area. Uh, she was with us for three months last year, and uh, she is in the process of joining Baptist Mid-Missions to come and work with us. Ukraine. The war in Ukraine began, was it March of last year? Uh, approximately March, March of last year. Uh, Baptist Mid-Missions has a World Relief Fund, um, and uh, this, this started back around the World War II era. And because we're the closest ones with Baptist Mid-Missions, uh, they've asked us to help in distributing uh, supplies and, and so forth. And I, again, I will talk a little bit more about this. This is our shopping. Uh, we have a metro about two hours from us where we do a lot of our shopping, uh, buying food, hygiene items, and then locally we buy shoes, coats, and uh, appliances even. even, even. Uh, th then up in Poland, this is... Uh, Anya's parents' place. Uh, we take the supplies up to them and the young children are helping unload the van. And it's always fun to watch those young children, uh, especially the young guys, the young fellows. They compete one with another who can carry the most. So, and then up in Ukraine, we've made, by the way, we've made, I think it's 19 trips now to uh, Rybnik, Poland. And then we've made nine trips, either eight or nine trips up into Rivne, um, Ukraine. And Volva and Laura in the top right picture, uh, he's Ukrainian, his wife is an American. Uh, we've been working with them in, in the lower picture as Leonid and his wife Natasha, and I'll be telling, uh, talking, bringing up their names later. Uh, then uh, Anatoly is a Ukrainian um, chaplain that I had opportunity to meet. Uh, he is up in Bucha, which is just outside of um, Kiev. And that was one of the earlier places that was attacked by the Russians. And quite a story, that, or several stories that we heard from them. If we have time towards the end, I would like to talk a little bit more about the church in Bucha. Uh, in Bucha, this is a, a, a vehicle graveyard. Each of these vehicles were hit by either mortar, missile, or and they were burned, and every one of them had at least one person inside who was killed. Bucha, also the Sidlisko um, um, <laughs> apartment apartment complexes there uh, on that particular day when the, the, that uh, a set of apartment complexes several were hit, uh, three hundred civilians were were killed. Back in Kejmarok, uh, you hear talk about the Bible Institute. I'll mention that a little bit more as time goes on as well. But uh, I, I really would call it at this time a pre-Bible Institute. As I mentioned, a lot of our, uh, a lot of the believers in our church are first-generation believers, and they've grown up in churches where the Word of God is not 
the primary focus. And so they have little knowledge of the Bible. And so the pre-Bible Institute is bringing them up to speed uh, of the basic Bible doctrines. Uh, we've had this two years in our church and well, I don't want to get ahead because I'd be talking about the pre-Bible Institute as versus, Lord willing, the Bible Institute when my son comes out. My son just graduated from Maranatha and Lord willing will be coming out to work with us to help in the actual Bible Institute. So this closes with, again, the traditional dress of the Slovak people. They're a colorful people, enjoy working with them. They're wonderful people to work with. And I think by talking with Luthies, they've enjoyed Slovakia as well. They were with us four years ago. They're with us now. Uh, the people in our church have enjoyed uh, his teaching, his um, uh, working with them. And it's done a couple of things for us. Uh, David Luthie, he is really, he is uh, more educated than I am. He's studied further. And this has really been a blessing for our, our people. They've heard me teach for several years. And then to have David Luthi come out, who has a higher degree, and in Slovakia, a degree uh, means something, but yet he's preaching the exact same thing. And that's what has made the effect. They hear that this isn't just something that Don Wade has come up with, but this is something that Don Wade has been teaching from the Word of God. David Luthi, who has a greater knowledge, is teaching from the Word of God. This is God's Word to man. And that in itself has been one of the greatest things of having Luthies out there. I'd like to go to the Great Commission. Now, there's several passages in the New Testament that take us at that show us the Great Commission. And I'll be focusing primarily in Matthew chapter 28. That's all, I'll call that my text, but I'll be going to a couple of the other uh, uh, text verses of the Great Commission. And as you're going to Matthew 28, let me read Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Uh, this is the Great Commission, which was given first to the, the disciples. And, and Mark, we read, and his... And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay, the gospel. We want to identify what is the gospel. Uh, if you want to hold your place, if you got into Matthew chapter 20, uh, 28, uh, go on to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm glad that as a church you're memorizing parts of this passage right here. So these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 are going to be familiar to you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 and speak about the gospel for just a few moments. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scripture. Now the gospel message is specifically this, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is important, and I, I want to review this for you. Many of you know this gospel uh, very well, but perhaps some would like to have clarified a couple things, and it's not going to be new. 
And by the way, Pastor Day, a pastor that I had years ago, he said, if, if something is new, it's probably not true. If it's true, it's probably not new. And I agree with that. So if you hear something that's been repeated and that you've heard for many years, that's good. If it's something new that I say, put some cautions up onto it. Talk to Pastor Turner and say, did Don Wake throw some heresy in there? And I, I mean that. I, that's what I tell our church in, in Kejmerok. If you hear something that sounds strange, talk to me about it. Let's, get, let's make sure that I'm, I'm human. Let's make sure that I'm not spreading heresy out here. But the gospel message should be familiar to us. But sometimes it's good for us to, re, to, to re, um, review what Christ has done for us. You see from the time of Genesis, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and it was uh, Eve that was tempted first by the serpent, and uh, she chose to disobey God, and Adam just joined in with her, and they disobeyed God and ate of the fruit which God forbid them to eat. And because of that, all mankind have been born sinners. And in Romans, uh, I like to use the Romans road. Our people have learned that by using the Romans road, it can guide us through uh, talking to other people because the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we need to know that. Before a person can receive Jesus Christ as Savior, they need, to, they need to know, why do I need to be saved? Well, we have sinned against a holy God. God is holy. Yes, he's love. He, is, he, he cares about you. But yet God is also holy and just. And because of that, sin cannot be overlooked. Sin must be punished. And the wages of sin is death. And that's... Uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Now if we just stopped right there it would be uh, it would not be a story of hope. All have, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. But we, the, the, the gospel message continues because in Romans 5 8 it tells us but God commendeth or demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. And then you can go back to Romans 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, when Jesus Christ came to the earth and in this morning's Sunday school hour, uh, we're reminded that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's in first, uh, excuse me, in John chapter one, verse 14. Christ literally came from heaven from eternity past. He was born a baby raised on this earth, lived a sinless, perfect life for the purpose of going to the cross for you and for me. And then back to 1 Corinthians 15, for I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. You see, the wages of sin is death, but Jesus Christ died in your place. And in Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verse 22, it says all things, almost all things are... Um, I'm sorry, I, 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 my, my thoughts get running and I need to read it rather than try to quote it. So Hebrews 9.22. And almost all things are purged by the blood with blood and without the shedding of blood or without the, shed, yeah, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness. You see, it was necessary for Jesus Christ to shed his blood. And that's something that you and I need to take personally. If you personally have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you personally has not said Christ, you died in the 
cross for my sins and I receive your work on the cross as payment for my sins. I receive your death as payment for my sins. That's what you need to do today. Uh, for I deliver unto you, first of all, how, um, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And then in verse 4 it continues, and that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's where the hope comes in. When Christ rose from the dead, he gave hope. Even in this same chapter, um, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 to 22, Paul first started stating how that if Christ had not risen from the dead, we're without hope. And then in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came by, uh, for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You see, that's where hope comes. Um, hope is not in something that we have done. And, and religions today, it, it gives a list of what to do. And how do you know if I've done enough? How do I know if I've accomplished enough to satisfy Christ? And we can never know that because the only thing that you can do is die for your sins. But Christ died in your place and because he satisfied God, that's propitiation. He is the propitiation, the satisfying sacrifice for our sins so that you can stand before God. And now because Christ is risen from the dead, he is the first fruits of them that slept. First fruits, that's an interesting term in the Old Testament. The first fruits are the first which, which give the idea that there is more to come. And Christ being the first to raise from the dead gives us assurance that there is more to come, which means as a believer in Jesus Christ, I will be raised from the dead. One day, if the Lord doesn't come soon, I will die. But that's not the end because of Christ's resurrection from the dead, I too will be raised from the dead. So the gospel is a great message to take to a world of religion. And really Slovakia is a world of religion. Uh, we have a lot of people who have studied uh, the catechisms, people have studied um, what religious people have said you must do, but they do not know the gospel of Jesus Christ alone. And that is what is so important. Now let's go to the text that I mentioned of Matthew chapter 28 verse, and I would like to read verse 19. And again, the Great Commission, when Christ initially was talking to the disciples, and of course it is passed down to you and to me today, says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, I really must read on, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So we have the great commission to go, which is evangelize, go and tell others the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we also have this idea of teach all nations. Teaching includes several, uh, two, two things primarily. Uh, one, we see the teaching of uh, those who are either unsaved or we see the teaching of those who uh, are young believers. 
uh, in our time in Slovakia and then as we came back to the States, I have a lot of people asking questions about things that they've heard. And, and I, I say this as a warning. Now, all internet is not bad, but be careful. Uh, I find a lot of um, misinformation on the internet. And in our church, uh, I've encouraged them greatly to study the Word of God. As a matter of fact, I have one, one young man in our church who I've talked to, and he came to us uh, about three years ago and had a lot of conflicting areas of things that he, a lot of conflicting things that he had studied and learned off the internet. And finally I said, Jan, I would like you to do something for me. I would like you to read the Bible this year without going onto the internet and without commentaries. I want you to read the Word of God and pay attention to who the writer is. Now, of course, the, the author of the Word of God is the Bible, but he used 40 human writers to write for us. Pay attention to who's writing and to whom he is writing. And uh, just take this year and read the Bible alone. And the first month or so, you know, he, he told me, yes, I, I'm doing what you said. It was about the third month, he says, you know, this is good. He says, it's really simpler than trying to research all the different commentaries because the Bible truly does speak for itself. If you would just follow the, the, the plain or natural uh, interpretation of scriptures, you can learn so much more and have less confusion. And that helped Jan. And I, I continued to encourage him and others to... Uh, take some time and just focus on the Word of God. And it helps with the many questions that come about because people are asking questions and I'm, I'm uh, trying to teach our church people to have a good knowledge of the Word of God, have some knowledge of the questions that are out there so that you can answer them and then get back to the Word of God to give them the answers that they need to hear rather than the answers that they're just looking for aimlessly. Does that make sense? We really need to get to the Word of God. Let the Word of God speak to us. First um, Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Paul wrote, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, uh, in you with meekness and in fear. Now the hope that is in you. As we look at the gospel message, the hope begins with the gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and that he rose again. So we need the gospel of Christ's death, because without his death, there's no forgiveness of sins. And then the hope continues with his resurrection. We have the hope of eternal life. So be ready to answer people of the hope that is in you. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. Now there's a second area. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 again, just the first part, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, I mentioned that we are focusing on uh, answering questions for either unbelievers or young believers and directing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's a second area that I want to focus on that we have been focusing on in, in Kejmer Oak recently, and that is teaching uh, believers so that they can teach. You see, if, if the ministry in Slovakia relied upon downweight, it might go for 
a certain number of years and then it would end. It would, honestly, it would just come to an end. I'm not gonna be there forever. But if we can teach others to teach, then they can take God's word and teach others. And that's what the Bible Institute really has been about. I mentioned that right now it's uh, really more of a pre-Bible Institute. Uh, we've done two years in Kejmerok and we're teaching basic theology, Old Testament and New Testament surveys. Uh, I'll mention Lubo in just a moment. He is teaching with me. Um, and then last year we did a survey of each book of the Bible and really, it's to bring the people up to just a general knowledge of the Bible. Now, I mentioned earlier that our son David just graduated from uh, Maranatha Baptist University, and his primary purpose will be two areas, to help in church planning, but also to uh, help build the curriculum and start the Bible Institute, which would be for the purpose of training church leaders, whether it be pastors, deacons, uh, teachers, and that's really what his focus will be. And we're at that point in Kejmerok. Um, we've been there for forever, it seems, in some ways. And about 2017, we had young people start coming into our church, and we have five couples, five young peoples who have uh, become part of our church on top of what was there when we got there. These young couples, uh, I mentioned Lukash and his wife, Valerie, who were married last year, Christian and Anna. Uh, then um, David and Sylvia, we have Miro and Simona, and then we have Jan and Ludmila Petrovsky. And we're seeing, we're, we're at a point now where it's time to start putting the ministry into their hands. We have David and Sylvia, Lukash and Valerie, who are helping to teach now. Uh, uh, they'll be taking care of the young people and the, uh, the teens. But we need to continue to train them because, as I mentioned to these young men, the ministry will go far better if we have a national pastor. I'm an American. I've, I, I teach and preach in Slovak, but the moment I open my mouth and start teaching in Slovak, they say, he's an American. It's obvious. My accent, the words that I would use, I have to use a simpler vocabulary. It's obvious that I'm a foreigner. The people have accepted me well, but yet to have a national in my place would be the greatest thing. And they've called that, especially David and Lukash, I would say, are the ones that called it the most, that if we have a national pastor, uh, he, can, he, he understands the, the, the people, the language, the culture, what they're going through and he could, he could do far greater than we could. So be praying about this. It's gonna take time. Uh, it's gonna take a few years to really get uh, things moving and get a national in, its, in place. But now's the time to be praying about this. Lubo, I, I just mentioned his name, Lubo Savetsky, was a Catholic priest. His story is quite interesting, uh, how that he got saved and at one point came to me, he says, I, I'm a believer, I was baptized, how can I reform the Catholic Church? And I says, Lubo, you cannot reform the Catholic Church, you need to come out. And over a period of time, he came out of the Catholic Church, he left the priesthood, he was formally excommunicated, 
Uh, he's been a blessing to me in teaching me how the Catholic think, uh, him being a former Catholic priest, and that's, that's been helpful for me. Uh, he's still learning certain things. Uh, he's had to uh, grow himself in certain things of, of theology, and, but he is growing, he's learning. And so I'm, I'm really thankful for Lubo. He has, he has a zeal. He's kind of like Paul, the apostle, he had a, who had a zeal for the Jewish people. Lubo has a zeal for the Catholic. He wants to evangelize the Catholic people. So be praying for Lubo that as we work together and as he himself does, uh, he, he's out there talking to people, evangelizing, that God would just give uh, uh, him un understanding himself and that he would continue to grow. He has grown greatly but uh, we, we desire to see him to continue to grow. But that's leading towards the Pre-Bible Institute, the Bible Institute, which we're directing towards as uh, we look to fulfill the Great Commission where we are. And with the uh, Bible Institute that we're looking forward to, our son David, a verse that he has often gone to, and I'm going to that same verse, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And that's really what we need to do. Really, churches here in the States, that's what we need to do. Churches in Slovakia, that's what we need to do. We need to be faithful at teaching the word of God so that the word of God, the gospel message, can continue to go out. Uh, a couple of things have happened since we've been in the States that have uh, helped me in my focus. Uh, we were in Texas just a few weeks ago, and Roy Velez is a pastor there, and he made a, two comments that were very good, and it really stuck with me. He said, before you can serve God, you must serve others. I believe that to be true. Uh, you want to serve God, start serving other people. And then he made another comment, people want to serve God until they are treated like a servant. I find that to be true as well. People want to serve God until they themselves are treated like a servant. The thing is, who do you serve? If you are willing to serve God, you're going to serve others. You're going to have to. And this is a great need in our churches in America. It's a great need in our church in Kezmerok, Slovakia. And I was thinking as, hopefully I can read my writing, as we were singing the song earlier this, this morning, one phrase of it, all I own, or all that I once held dear, I now leave behind. And I thought about that statement. I hope I read that right, because I was writing while I was standing, and it wasn't. But all I once held dear, I will leave behind. And we think of that in terms of eternity. I would like to put that in terms of today. You know, the things that you hold dear today. Are you willing to give that up today? Leave it behind today to serve God? Truly, that's what we need. We need people who will simply follow God, serve Him, today, where you are today. Well, I would like to shift gears just for the next few minutes uh, and talk about Ukraine. Uh, 
the Ukraine war, as I mentioned, started a year, a little over a year ago. We were given, and we were asked by Baptist Mid-Missions to help with the World Relief Funds, and we've made, uh, well, we made 18 trips to uh, uh, Rybnik, Poland, and then uh, um, David and Ellie Luthi made a trip last week, and so that's 19 trips into Rybnik. My pronunciation, you're going to have to forgive me on my pronunciations. <laughs> and this is where uh, Genik and Yola, and I'm not even going to try their last name. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to try. <laughs> this is uh, Anya's parents. Uh, we've, we've known them, we've known about them for several years because we've known uh, Pastor and Mrs. Turner here. But when the war started and the Ukrainians started leaving Ukraine and going into Poland, into Slovakia, into Hungary. And as Baptist Mid-Missions asked us to help in this area, Leanne sent a text, I think, to Anya first, and then we found out that her parents are housing anywhere from 40 to 60 refugees, and then we got in contact with them, and it turned into a blessing to us. We've, we've taken... Uh, food hygiene items and at the early part beds and appliances to them to help out as they were uh, housing and feeding so many people and then to meet people like Nikolai and Ina and then a couple others who are Ukrainians who lost everything in the eastern part of uh, Ukraine they've fled the country and how uh, as, as they fed us these Ukrainians uh, fed us on one particular day. They, they uh, provided the meal and then they started singing. Praise to God for all that God is doing. And then as we were able to get hold of some Ukrainian and Russian Bibles and gave to Nikolai, he says, you know, I'm thankful for the food that you provided, but thank you for the Bibles. This is what we need the most. And he's been faithful giving out Bibles, literature, and uh, children's literature to the Ukrainians who have, have left Ukraine. And so it's been a blessing to me to see the, the Ukrainians themselves reaching out to other Ukrainians. And for uh, Anya's parents and the work that they've been doing, the service, the way they've opened their church up, the services that are being held for uh, the, the Polish and the Ukrainian people. There's been several people saved and baptized there. So praise the Lord, and, but continue to pray for her parents, pray for those Ukrainians who have left um, Ukraine. I would like to talk just a few minutes about uh, Ukraine. We've made nine trips into Ukraine itself now. We usually go to Hryvne, and I mentioned Laura and Volva, uh, and the good work that they're doing. There are three uh, pastors and their wives who we have been helping in uh, Ukraine. Uh, Volvo and Laura, he, he's not a pastor, but he's trained to be a pastor. But uh, what's holding him back at the present time is he's been working with the refugees. And then there's um, Anatoly, or no, 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 it's uh, Leon, no, uh, Leonid and uh, his wife Natasha. He was a pastor, but with the Ukrainian refugees, he is, uh, there were three pastors in the church, and he stepped, stepped aside to help the refugees. And these families are working hard to help now, they're in Hryvne, which is more of a, a northwesterly part, and the refugees, refugees, excuse me, the refugees are coming from the uh, east and southern parts up to where they are. And this um, Leonid and 
Natasha in their own personal home, they fed, they're feeding about 200 uh, refugees a month. And one of the great things that has happened is they've had five couples come to Christ. You know, most of them are unsaved, but with these people who've come to Christ, um, they're discipling them now. And this couple is going to celebrate their 25th anniversary in August of this year. And they're going to renew their vows uh, in the church so that these young couples some of them can renew the vows themselves and others who are just living together will see the necessity of following God's way of marriage. And uh, he made comment that there's one couple coming from one of the Eastern countries that's been destroyed. They said, until we met you, marriage, marriage was just something that you know, was a formality, something you endured, but we saw in your marriage joy. And they want to return back after the war to their home town and share with others the joy that people can have in marriage as believers. What a, what a testimony. So Lord willing in August, they've invited us to go to Ukraine to participate in uh, their uh, renewing their vows with the Ukrainian couples. Uh, Anatoly is another young man, or, uh, another person that I've met. He is a chaplain for the military and Bucha. Uh, his testimony was quite interesting to talk to and I'll not go into all of his testimony. If you wanna hear more about that, you can talk to me later. But the church that he's part of in Bucha, uh, when the war started, they lost 40% uh, of their congregation. They left the country, but 60% of their people got busy. With the members that got busy, they have a, food line daily that they're feeding somewhere between 1,500 and 3,000 people in a, a building behind their church. At the same time, they've trained some of the people in their congregation to uh, share the gospel with the people that they're feeding. They, they have others who are having Bible studies with people that are in the food lines and people that get their food and they come over and sit at the table just to have Bible studies. God is at work. At the same time, uh, that same church, they started seven refugee centers in seven towns close to them or villages. And those refugee centers have now turned into churches and they have four out of seven pastors for these churches. And they're praying that God would send, uh, call people to be pastors in these other three churches. So war is a horrible thing, it truly is, but God is at work in spite of war. We're seeing uh, people come to Christ. They're seeing, I should say, reword it that way. They're seeing people come to Christ. And uh, I asked Anatoly, what are some of the greatest needs? And in our conversation, he said, well, an important thing is with uh, war, there's often foxhole conversions. Pray that God would give us wisdom and strength to disciple and train these young people who have come to Christ uh, so that they can continue in their spiritual growth. Well, you've been part of this. The way that you have supported us, the way you've been praying for us and encouraging us has enabled us to keep going. And we look forward to getting back to Slovakia July 25th, we fly out the 24th, and then in August as we go back to Ukraine again for another run. So thank you again for your prayers, for your uh, support, Pastor.